you're a bitch. Who, <laughs> <laughs> who am I? And we back. And you're we back. A whole bitch. I had an intro, but it's not appropriate for this episode. So I'm saving it until next week. Somebody's having a slight tantrum. Shut up. So, welcome back. Welcome back to Where's the Lie, Lie Detectors. Ooh. Yes, happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers, mothers, the good stepmothers. Oh, yes, the bonus moms. The bonus moms, some fly-ass aunties like me that's just helping out. (laughs) Grandmothers, those of you who have lost mothers, Mm -hmm. I am so sorry, but we're wishing you a great Mother's Day in remembrance of that you probably had a really amazing mom. Right, and those those moms who have babies in heaven. Right. Happy the, Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day you to count you. Too. Expecting moms. Expecting happy moms. Mother's Day. And you know, pet moms. <laughs> sure. Those they're a handful. So <laughs> pet moms, you know. Pet except moms. you cat moms. Nicole was a cat mom, not fair. She Nicole, was a cat mom I love like you, six but years. I cannot stand cats. And cats are self-sufficient. So, you know, you just putting food out and just rubbing on them every That's once in a while. That's not really nope, not in her house. They were fighting. She, <laughs> See, she whooped why them with don't... a belt. She tried. I don't know what she was doing. Okay. It well, didn't work. Okay. They well, ran. They're cats. Cats are mean. They are. They're so mean. Mm-hmm. I had a bad experience. I think we all, everybody's had at least one bad experience with a cat where it's like, I had, I've had a couple, yeah. Yeah, me and that cat didn't get along to the point where I accidentally left my door open one time and it peed in my bed. Ooh. Yeah. What did you do to it? Yep. Every time I tried to hold it, it kept like putting its claws in me. And so I would drop the bitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, so I guess he didn't like me dropping him. And okay. So, you know, whatever, stupid cat. Oh, <laughs> stupid cat. Anyway, we got our first. Well, second, technically. Well, technically. Yeah. Second, but we don't know this person. Right. <laughs> The last one we knew. We know. Well, I knew him. And that's cool, though. Somebody had to kick it off. But but we wanted to start with the jokes and secrets that somebody sent us that um, was uh, for the petty siblings things that we yeah, did last week. they wanted to share their experience. Right. So this comes from... I for I hope. That's how it's that's how it's signed. Oh yeah, I for an eye <laughs> You gotta say it like you gotta say it like you from New Orleans. I for I hope. The pettiest thing I've done to my sibling says, Hey y'all, I haven't read this yet, so excuse me if I fuck it up. All right, it says, Hey y'all. Going off the subject of the pettiest things I've ever done to my sibling, I poured hot sauce in my brother's mouth while he was sleeping. Oh, no. Mm, 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 mm. Brother. Oh, oh, oh. Not hot sauce. Oh, she said. So, <clears throat> my brother, whom is six years older than me. Oh, my sister is six years older than me, too. My brother, my sister didn't traumatize me, though. <laughs> Used to traumatize me when my mom left us for work. So, one day, this guy got the idea to chase me around the house with a knife in each hand. Oh, hell no. Okay, but to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, we did that to my brother. So, it's a thing. It, why? It's not a thing. It's a game, That's psycho. That I is... didn't know that was a game. <laughs> it's a game it's a we game. don't tell the parents. It's a game for crazy children. Okay, keep reading. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> I was straight parkouring in that house. Oh. <laughs> go, go. Bruh finally cornered me, and I'm begging for my life at this point. This Negro then proceeds to say, I'm just playing. Get up. What, what you the, mean? What you mean, just play? All right. So as soon- I just spider man in this bitch. You talking about you playing? I'm tired. Okay, I'm broke my damn <laughs> neck off the couch, boy. What you trying mean? not to knock over the vase and and be alive. <laughs> 
your, I can't survive. You and mom kill me. What's your whole bro? See, you know, me and my, my brother is way, way older. My sister and I never had these issues. Uh-huh. My sister got tired of me. She went to her room and closed the door. You know what? With siblings, when you fight, you find new ways to get away. <laughs> you know, you gotta, you can't keep getting away the same way. Oh, <laughs> They're going to catch you. So she goes on to say, so as soon as I could move, I went to my room to plot. Yes, girl, I got to get that nigga back. A few hours go by and I get hungry, so I go to warm up some chicken. Ooh. As I walk by the living room, I see him fast asleep on the couch. Motherfucker. <laughs> oh, you done fucked up now. <laughs> as, I, as I finish warming my food and start to head back to my room, uh, I see he's still sleeping and I see that I have hot sauce in my hand. I go ahead and I put my plate in my room. That's important. important. You can't, don't drop the chicken. Right, that's important. She had, see, she was smart because she was like, let me go ahead before yeah. I do anything. Let me go put my food down because I know if I'm at the dash it. No, we don't know if it's a she though because it's a unisex name. Oh, you're right, you're right. He and or she. Because you said you like unisex names. I'm surprised I you didn't catch that. I do. Out of all people. But go ahead. The middle name got me. Oh. Yeah. 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 Okay. Anywho. Yeah. 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 But smart one. Yeah. Because I would probably would have went and put my chicken down too. I didn't go this first far. things first. Right. Secure Keep, the chicken. <laughs> the main thing. The main, <laughs> the main thing. thing. I was hungry. <laughs> I still was gonna want my chicken after this. <laughs> right. Right. I may be locked in this room for who knows how long. I well, need to survive. Gotta keep my chicken. So yeah, I went to go put my chicken down in my room. I'm lost. (laughs) All right. And walk back to the living room. I twisted off the cap and thankfully his mouth was wide open. He probably was snoring like hell too. I poured and ran like (gasps) hell. I think he had some esophagus. Wait, uh-uh. no, not esophagal uh-uh. damage, but nothing that would scar him for life. Look. <laughs> Sign an eye for an eye, hope. Listen. Now, joke on that, bitch. We both traumatized. <laughs> now, we both traumatized. Now, we both got triggers. Get <laughs> that boy a whole esophagus damage. We both got triggers. Look at that. I see you, nigga. I bet nobody really played too much around each other for like the next six he months. He probably ate a hot sauce ever again in none. his life. Every oh, bless his heart. <laughs> did the Martin. Ooh. Oh, I hate my sister. I hate my sister. I hate my sister. Every time he do it, I'm going to text him. I'm going to kill That him. was an amazing story. Thank you for sharing. Thank you so much for sharing. And keep them coming because that is hilarious. I kind of want you to let your brother listen to this and give... <laughs> Him, let him give us his side of the story. Because <laughs> maybe he had a reason for chasing you. I don't know. I wasn't there. Okay, but I'm a, your brother ain't listening. So until then, you, you might have did the right thing. I don't know. So, you know, just yeah. keep that in mind. Okay. All right. So what time is it? Things we care about. <laughs> by risky. All right. By, by risky. risky. That's a new uh, calm down for yeah, us that's now. That's our new calm down when Ooh. things get too real. Bye, Risky. Bye, Risky. All right. right. So, you niggas wanted it. Here go. Okay. (laughs) You want to start with that? Sure. We can start with that. You know what? Let's start with Megan. We'll start with Megan. We'll jump around. All right. So, first, let's start with Megan because congratulations Mm -hmm. on little baby Archie. I think that's the name. That's adorable name. And that is like the quintessential name for this baby who's going to have red hair. Right. And I am of course so it's Archie. Excited. Of course it's Archie. People and, aren't smart. And, People aren't smart. And I just found out today um, that she 
wants them to hold off on giving him a title so that he can grow up normal and then his father can give him a title oh. if he wants it down the line. So he's just Archie out he's here in these streets. Archie. Just be Archie then. Just this black mixed redhead baby out here in these London Serving streets. these royal curls. <laughs> in these Buckingham streets. Okay, but on a real tip. They got to ease up off making. Everybody needs to. It's not easy being the first. And I know they be like, oh, there was a first. Yeah, but we talking about it now. Okay, it's not easy being the first. She's still black. She's still black. And they used to, let's not forget where our racist whites in America come from. They derive. <laughs> from the British. I think I think the Brits, like, confuse us with their accents. So everything sounds so nice. Oh, they're so, oh, so they be so like, genocide, racism. <laughs> and they'd be like, yes, yes, your accent, where are you from? Your accent's so wonderful. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, sure. Slavery. Slavery. <laughs> the Holocaust didn't right, like, What? Like, you they, can't say that. And then you forget that they're just... Oh, no. Y'all are the ones. Y'all are the ones. Y'all went to Africa first. Mm-hmm. Oh, what they did to the Indians and not Native Americans. Mm. Oh, okay. White people. Shit, the <laughs> Irish, they was just right up there. The Brits just fucked with the Irish for years. For no reason. Centuries. So they're over there messing with this poor, sweet black queen. I mean, okay, not allowing her mama to come to Christmas. Christmas and just... And Megan was like, you know what? Fine. Y'all keep fucking pushing me, and I will move this redhead boy to America. But let me tell you, let me tell you what's real, real messed up. In the British news, I don't know if you pay attention to it, they, they like to paint her as difficult. She's a difficult American. She keeps losing people in her camp. People won't work for her. And after, like, the third person would work for her, I was like, now wait a damn minute. <laughs> now, it, it, She's worked on many a sets. Many a sets. I am pretty sure when she first came out as engaged or dating him, people would have been like, oh, she's difficult. It's because she's black. Let's just say it. It's mm-hmm. because she's black. Mm-hmm. Nobody want to touch this black girl stuff. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to answer. She's black and American. She's black and American. They double hate her. Mm-hmm. They double and she has the rebel son. Because I knew when they were talking about, what was the rumor? Was it Harry and Janet Jackson? No, it was him and uh, Naomi Campbell. Somebody. I was like, oh yeah, he liked black girls. I knew yeah. he was going to marry a black girl. I yeah. was not shocked. But And that's, that's one thing, but... He, the way they're treating her over there in the media. Okay, yeah. So the BBC dude, hold on, I got his name. He is a British radio host. Mm-hmm. And he also, and so I found it very funny when this came out because someone was like, are they doing it because of his racism or because they just attacked the royals? Right. Because he also made a racist comment during the World Series about, I think it was the Nigerian soccer team. Uh-huh. And he like he had tweeted a picture of the Nigerian soccer team with like the glasses. You know how if you go out of the, um, the country and you have black people, you know, black the black men selling the, the glasses. Yeah. And the, yeah. on the, he was like, it's so great that they can multitask. I knew I've seen them before. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, At prime God. athletes now, like soccer around the world, fo- football, football around the world is like the the riches of the it's baseball, right? It's, yeah, basically, it's baseball. It's their top notch sport. It's it's SEC football. It's at the South. So Danny Baker is his name. Oh, no, and no. he got fired this oh, week. I get it. That's why they're questioning it. Right. He got fired this week because he tweeted a picture of. 
Well, it was a picture of an old black and white picture of two white people dressed up and they were holding a little baby chimpanzee or a monkey who was also dressed up and mm-hmm. it said the royal family leaving the hospital. What made him think that was okay? It, 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 what made him as bold as he was to tweet it out? He was So I guess the explanation was it was supposed to be a joke or a play on how like... Um, the Royals is like the circus or something like that. Like, it's just crazy. Okay, let me tell you what's funny. Let me tell you what's hilarious to me. People would dress racism up in everything except the truth. Right. So you can't tell me he just tweeted this and now he's fired. He's been saying racist shit around the office how long? (laughs) It's probably how many people that make him feel oh so comfortable to do things like that. He's just bold enough to do it. Right. So the whole paper... All of it's racist. This is why people boycott shit. Because you don't have employees that just openly say blatant, disrespectful things and do things and be like, oh, no, that's not what he meant. He No, 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 no. Because y'all practice this shit. Right. You have to practice what you're going to say because y'all talking like this all day. I mean, you know... America has done an amazing job with racism, all right? They're mm-hmm. they're pretty much up there. Yeah, but high. you know, like they're like top two. Yeah. But the Brits the Brits are They they are historically <laughs> I no mean they pretty much they almost like created it. They, there it is. <laughs> there it is. It's like the birthplace. I when I first really had my first conversation with the Indian woman and we were talking about some, I don't know what we were talking about. And it, the, the British came up. And she's like, I can't stand the British. And I was like, what? Why? She's like, what do you mean, why? Do you, I was why like, do you like them? I was like, oh, no. I just did. You know what? You right, girl. I wasn't even thinking of it what like that. Mean? I be worried about my own struggle over here. I don't even be thinking about y'all. You right. <laughs> Let's be mad at the yeah, British. Oh, girl. She's like, what do you mean? You right, girl. I didn't even... She had like grandparents and Bow stuff. Risky, oh, my, bad. Risky, girl, my bad. <laughs> my bad, girl. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I got to be more sensitive. Right. I didn't know. I just again, I be focused on black shit. Right. Girl, <laughs> we be, be having so much, I be forgetting. Forget, I love Indians. Sign up. I love their culture. Really? I really, I feel like because they so like fly, I love their weddings. They're so vibrant. They, I just love yeah. it. I love the food. You, I just, okay, love, I've never had the food. Oh, Indian food's so good. Okay. Yeah, I love Does it. Does it smell funny? I'm not, I'm not trying to be ignorant, but I, I like, I like the smell of curry. And oh, it's like curry. Yeah, okay. So, oh, okay, cool, cool. Then yeah. yeah. So yeah. I love that. Anywho, that was a side note. Uh, <laughs> Meghan Markle, girl. Baby. You Fuck got them folks. Be strong. Serena Williams is a very close friend of yours, and I'm sure you all talk very candidly about how you feel about white people in your personal space. So that's, that's funny. <laughs> I mean, still though. I mean, I mean much, you know. Word. Cool. Yeah. Right. People like she get it. She gets it. Keep your head up, sis. Um, we are rooting for you. Until you come out and be like, I don't like black Americans. I'm gonna be here rooting for you. <laughs> Root for everybody black. I'm rooting for everybody black until you fuck up our Kelly. So. <laughs> Listen, hey. whatever. You know how I feel. Kanye. It's a couple of them on the list. Okay, what girl. Else, what else you want to talk about? Let's go about? to something positive real quick. I want to talk about the... Uh, I'm not going to say her name first. <laughs> We're going to say the black attorneys that helped Kim Kardashian <laughs> okay. put her name. All right. <laughs> so, you guys, everyone has been seeing in the media that Kim Kardashian is on this prison reform. Uh-huh. 
and she's out there trying to get a law degree. Yeah. And I don't know what made her decide to do this. Maybe it's all the black babies she's allowing someone else to have for her. Well, yeah. That'll make you close. Yeah, I'm sure. You so, um, yeah, so, but there have been reports saying that Kim Kardashian has freed 17 people in 90 days, right? Which is technically true. Uh-huh. However, it's not just Kim. There are two black women mm-hmm. who have been working for years mm-hmm. on these um, trying to free people who have been like imprisoned or, or have been sentenced to life imprisonment off of, you know, small charges and things of that nature. Um, their names are My, My Angel Cody okay. and Brittany Barnett. Okay. And so Miss <laughs> <Ms>. Barnett <laughs> put out a very candid statement on Facebook. And I'm not going to read it because, baby, it's like a research paper. Okay. It's long. And I have... She's been writing for a while. And though. I've been reading it for like two days now. <laughs> every time I try to read it it's I'm like call my name I've been reading it for two days but because when that article came out and, and you know what granted before I even get into it Kim Kardashian has always said you know thanks to her team where she stood in all of yeah. this you know she always says we've done something yeah. so she has and and apparently, every you know, black folks, we just love being mad. We okay. love it, especially yeah. if it's t- d- uh, directed towards the Kardashians. Yeah, just yeah. like, yes, I love it. But uh, so black people are just upset, right? Then why right. are you, yeah, so y'all just not going to just, you know, acknowledge the black women that's been working so hard and blase, blase. So Brittany said, listen here, y'all. <laughs> Quit at me with this shit. Mm-hmm. She said, I'm not. We have been working for years. We have been pandering to people to help us with finances. Right. And no one has given us until Kim used her platform and started supporting us. And that's when things started moving. Didn't she say they depleted, they they quit their big firms? They, yeah, they both they were de- working and they depleted like six-figure yeah. um, jobs. They and depleted they, all their savings. And they reached out to other people for right. help. Yes, and they've gotten turned, turned down every situation. they felt like their calls wasn't wasn't marketable enough for them. Right. So, keep going. Right. So, she basically said, fuck all that shit y'all talking about. Right. It's stupid as shit because we're here saving lives. That's Kim true. has always, we, everyone who we have freed so far in these 90 days appreciate Kim and her family and their families appreciate her and she is the face and we don't give a fuck right. how <laughs> the media portrays it because yes. we out here trying to save lives right. and, and this is showing us how we don't want to be in the media. Okay. Because y'all ruin Every- everything. Okay, black people, we can't be mad about everything. Right. Sometimes now- you got to be like, you gotta stand back and look at the product. Right. Now the claim her claim to fame, whatever. Whatever. We, we know what it is. And we know we don't really rock with her. Right. You know, but Kardashians, but, but and to use your white privilege to do something positive. She got a lot, like Alex said, maybe she cause she knows she got all these black kids. Word. She trying to, you know, put pay the universe back in some type of way. I don't know. And I know they're they're turning it into a show. Oh, it's publicity. You know what? I, I don't care. Word. People are getting out of jail. Amen. And and these black women, they couldn't afford it on their own. And somebody just gave them money. I don't care what she did in this situation. She just 
what y'all need. Right. That's basically what she said is what y'all need. Right. And as soon as she put her face on it, I'm pretty, pretty sure, sure people, that's look, what see why that why orange do you have, man that orange man in the in the White House just signing shit just because okay. she pretty. Just cause she basically <laughs> just because she she's pretty. And it shouldn't have to take something like this and somebody of such a, a reputation in the media and a and a, a background to have to put their face on something to make y'all regular motherfuckers care about it right. to be real because if these women was out here by themselves would y'all been like oh I'll go I'll donate to your GoFundMe they have been out here by themselves exactly mm-hmm. so what we gonna do I don't know what you, what you gonna do but for me and my house we gonna watch I might not watch the Oxygen special but I'm gonna applaud <laughs> From you know, from the high rise, every, every person that get out of jail, Hell, all I'm right, right there go another there one. Go another one. Appreciate you. And you never know how how these people that's getting out, you know, they <coughs> might be setting them up with something. Yeah, they, they have. Okay, see, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes you just got to be happy for what it is. And there are other things you could be mad about. And I'm gonna segue into the next thing, like your bald headed mammies. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you why you should be mad about your mammies because some of y'all mammies have gotten you to to think that you're going to turn a woman who is a person before she met you into a version of your mother with no flaws. We're going to talk about Aisha Curry. Oh, okay. Well, I just <laughs> wanted it. Here we go. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. So, Everybody can't be your mama. So, I want to say, for those of you who have an opinion off of just the clip and didn't watch the clip that's been circulating around social media and didn't watch the entire Red Table Talk, you don't have an opinion. You don't have an opinion. That's number one. Not, and nothing you says matters. <laughs> that's number one. You, do, you don't get to have an opinion because you just took a clip of something and then memes started popping up. Everywhere, left and right. People would rather run, you know, fire spreads fast. Right. Because it destroys everything. Right. People just run with shit. Instead of just watching it. So the Curry women mm-hmm. were on the Red Table Who Talk. Who are the Curry women? The Curry women are Miss Sonia Curry, who is married to Dale Curry, which is the father of Steph Curry, okay. who is married to Aisha Curry. Seth Curry, who is engaged to Doc Rivers' daughter, and I apologize, I do not remember her name. Okay, she's a cute girl. And she's a very cute girl. They have a little, a little baby with uh-huh. each other, and they just got engaged. Mm-hmm. And then Siddle, which is their Siddell, Sadell, which is their youngest um, child and then the only daughter, is also married to Sadell Curry. She's married to a basketball player. Okay. Newlywed. So, newlywed married. Mm-hmm. She's about six months in. Yeah. So um, they were on the Red Table Talk because I don't know how many families really have just, it's just the core of basketball. Right. Wise. Yeah. That is a very unique situation. Right. Now, I'm sure there's a couple, you know, girl groups out here that go around and try to grab ballers, <laughs> but this is actually a real life family. Right. Who are married basketball <laughs> players. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. I'm, you know, grew up in, in basketball. Well, you got Doc Rivers' daughter yeah. grew up in basketball. The, All the, the Curry kids grew up, you know. And, and Aisha, she was and a TV Aisha girl. has been there since 15. And I this is why I don't think what men understand, right? Because men are not the ones whose body changes over time as mm-hmm. far as like what you cannot control. Right. You know, a baby. A yeah. couple of babies. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Things that happen to yeah. women that do not happen to men. And especially when you compile that on top of successful men. 
It's like a whole different ball game. And so they were talking about their lives mm-hmm. as wives yeah. and um, dealing with... Um, women. Right. Yeah, that's what that was the topic beforehand. They right. were talking about women and Steph Curry mom, which I think I'm I'm a fan now. <laughs> she was like, "There's a few times I had to, you know, get stop it right there." She was like, "You don't everything. You don't wait till you get back to the house. You got to walk up and just be like, no sis, right? Not no today, no sis, and look at him and be like, don't play with me.' And you know, she was like, whatever it is. And so Aisha, she had even said there was an incident where he had said something back to somebody Mm -hmm. and she had to say something. Mm -hmm. And following after that, she was like, I understand he gets attention, but sometimes I kind of want somebody to look at me. That's how I went, (laughs) y'all. This is what I find quite interesting, right? Because literally like two and a half minutes (laughs) before, her mother-in-law said... I kind of like when girls look at my man because Word, it's like, Lex. okay, yeah, he fine, yes, but he mine, mine. and let's remember, remember that. that. Like, because no, and I saw someone on Facebook say, no one wants to be the undesirable in the relationship. Okay. Like, the reason why you're attracted to somebody is because they look good initially. Right. The initial reason why someone is attracted to somebody is because they look good. Now, but Jada Pickett had a great point. She was like, women are attracted to power. Yes. So that's why all men don't necessarily have to be attractive because by nature, we look for providers. Right. So we are attracted to powerful men. Right. So it makes it hard. Right. To, but men yeah. are visual. Men are visual. So you're attracted to what looks good. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing wrong with a married woman. And she even said, I don't really want it. But it's cool. The, late, the girl has been with the same dude since she was 15 years old. Right. She has had three of his children. Back to back. Okay. And it is okay to to want to be like to someone to just give you a compliment. It ain't even on no I want to go and cheat on my husband or I need someone to press on me. It's cool to be like, you know, you look good today, sis. And, and it don't even have to be all that. It could just be like, damn, your hair fly. Okay, word. That, them Because, I mean, I know she ain't out here just trying to keep herself up for just so she not nobody being like, you and, cute. Now, to be fair, though. <laughs> Aisha is more on the more humble side of okay, dressing. Now listen, now she very church mousy, now but you're not, you're not giving out sexy vibes. But she was—I'm <laughs> not gonna say groomed, but she was, you know, in the mindset she didn't have. She didn't have to do all that, y'all. Right. Keep in mind, Aisha didn't have to do all that, right? Because she had her man from the time she was able to date, right? So she really wasn't out here, you know. Peacocking it, and, <laughs> and y'all have to if y'all if no one. What I took from it is, first of all, all these women have had money, uh-huh. you know, whether or not for them from themselves, their family, mm-hmm. or their husband, but they've been around it long enough to know. So they've had their own level of success, uh-huh. and each one of them has anxiety. Every one of them. Each one of them has anxiety. And Aisha was giving her anxiety that was her. about some things. And I don't understand how people are bashing someone from their for their own truth. I'm going to tell you what's... Okay. Remember last week when the tech, Brian, was like, go easy on black women because black women tend to... Um, be harder on each other because we see, they see some, our we see our own flaws in and each other, and we're the only ones we can only attack other black, black pe- women. That's black people, right? So you saw her anxiety, and a lot of black people aren't still aren't able to admit that they have anxiety. So you saw that as a weakness. On top of she has money, you thought she had it all together. She so light skin. She light skin. She got green eyes. You what got you, a husband. What, what you, you need? What you complain need about? Can... It now, men. Now this you and that and that nigga. That nigga Minnie. 
Ooh, <laughs> you tell that nigga many. Let me tell you about you men out here. Y'all out here bashing her, telling her she needs to be more grateful for what she got. But what are you giving the women in your life? Hmm? Probably not even half of that. First, but you want us all to be as humble? Like, you shouldn't want to compliment because she got God and her husband. But the last time I checked, that ain't stopped now married men from complimenting me. Okay, because all the compliments I give be from married men. Man, I, that ain't stopped. Now, you don't want her to get a compliment because she married. But, you, but y'all ain't stopping giving out single bitches Y'all pass them out. Like coupons. Them, like coupons out here. You just walk up to a nigga. You can just be minding your business. And a whole married man going to say something to you first. Right. First. So, but y'all the main ones talk about she need to be grateful. Nigga, you need to be faithful. Okay, let's start there. But everybody like compliments. It's <sighs> nothing wrong with saying somebody look nice. It ain't got to be some lusty, let me get at her. Even God loves praises, Okay, Lex. even God loves praises. We just want to know we cute. He not saying, oh, well, Dion believe in me, so as long no, as she, she praises me, it's fine. <laughs> no, he want all y'all. Everybody. 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 And if I work hard on my body, and I work hard to pull this outfit together, and I work hard to smell nice, somebody in these streets better compliment <laughs> oh, honey, me today. I love going out smelling nice, and somebody be like, oh, you smell no, good. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. I, 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 I mixed up couple of things together yeah, to get yeah. the perfect mixture. Did you not realize compliments make somebody day better? It does. Just compliment somebody. I would randomly compliment somebody. Even if you don't feel good, you're like, girl, you know what? You're such Her whole... And somebody had a tooth change. Just whole, smile. Smile. Y'all That's trying to kill you. are trying to kill us. You're trying to kill us with just me. Everybody don't want to be mad. Everybody, <laughs> everybody don't want to be mad. Everybody don't want to be mean. It, just give somebody a compliment and shut the fuck up. Have a coke and a smile and shut the fuck up. <laughs> I don't know what's your problem. And God wants people to compliment Aisha too. That's why he gave her the money and shit so she could look nice. I mean, she ain't bright with green eyes. It's for no reason. Compliment the girl. Just say her outfit is put together very nicely. Because you don't know what she's dealing with. Right. She lives with a very powerful man who everything is just surrounds him. Right. Everything is wrapped around him so for the good of his family but with that you know that takes away attention from her right not only did she have babies but she got right back out there on the court supporting him right in front on, of cameras on top of doing her own career because let's, she's not just a wife and mom right she's, she's got woman. she's got she's got her own she's a chef she's got her own cookbook she's got endorsement deals hence why drake put steph curry in his rap because she was cooking and he was like chef curry with the pot that he was, was for, for aisha, aisha. He said Steph already in the song. Chef Curry with the pot was for her. That was the last time another nigga gave her a compliment. And it had to be fucking Drake. (laughs) Drake out here making all the bitches feel good. Why you think we keep listening to him? Because he gets us. He got it. He understands us. He's sensitive. stupid niggas. You don't understand. I'm sad again. That's because some of y'all ain't even, y'all ain't even complimenting your own girl. Right. And I tell my dude, uh, compliment me. I know all these niggas out here, but that's because niggas are niggas. I want you to tell me I look good. Right. But, like I said, told you earlier this week, Lex, the the punishment for, for Eve, for eating that apple, oh, was not a period. Oh, it wasn't It wasn't. It wasn't. It was dealing with, with these niggas. And it ain't, this is not a choice. It's not a choice. <laughs> and if it's a nigga in some form, if it's not a nigga you date, it's one you're raising. If it ain't one you're raising, it's one you work with. <laughs> it may be your daddy. daddy we don't know. know. That's our punishment, ladies. Oh, Accept it. And we tend to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. We got to take care. You get, you, you get married to take care of somebody. <laughs> they have their children to take And there is nothing wrong with it. 
Let me tell you, it's nothing wrong with it. But it does rock your nerve. It's just, it's life. Okay, mamas be tired. All the time. And when you do get up the, the energy to dress up and look nice for you. Somebody tell me. Tell them. That's it. You want somebody to tell your mama she look nice? Tell him. Your mama did not walk in this room for you not to tell her she don't look nice in her church dress. Okay? She not sashaying back and forth in her heels. Just so y'all can be like, mama, come on. You in the way. Right. She wants y'all to be like, oh, mama, you ain't ready for church. Didn't your daddy tap you like, tell your mama she look nice? Come on, y'all. Some of y'all. Stop. Get out your bag and get into a bag. So, anyway, I believe. Oh, tip, niggas. <laughs> Aisha Carey, you, you look great, girl. You is working it. You done had three beautiful children. You look amazing. Kids. And you are surrounded by what seamlessly be a uh, very strong group of women. Right. So, that's right. most important among anything else. But y'all need to watch that newlywed. Y'all need to keep your eye on that girl is struggling <laughs> she, over there. That poor baby said. <laughs> she has. She saw her husband for five hours last the in week. Two weeks. In two weeks. Five hours. And she is having a hard time. And she was like, I love it, y'all. Don't get me wrong. And that's just like being a mom. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, I love it, but shit. I'm tired. <laughs> God damn. God damn. You know I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. And the crazy thing about it, even when you're not with your kids, all your intention is for your children. Mm-hmm. Everything you do is just for your kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to do this because it's going to be good for them in the long run. You see what I'm saying? Beyonce did all that homecoming just to make Blue proud. Just, okay, <laughs> just to make Blue proud. She said, my daughter will be proud of me. That's just for Blue to, Blue to be like, yeah, mommy Blue did a great Rumi. job. That's it. That's it. She, she wanted her children, be like, her family to be like, good job. She did that. Good job. Because the job. world been praising us. We she been know pra- she know y'all was going to like it. She, she could have stood on that stage and popped gum for two hours and everybody would have been hoarse <laughs> and would have been went home happy because they got to see Beyonce stand on stage. And pop gum. And pop gum. And we was like, that was the best Fish show. Ever. What kind of gum was it? <laughs> I got to go get some. <laughs> <What> <laughs> that gum. That gum looked like it was fruit in her mouth. Never got dry. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. But no, she wanted to make it so, you know. Yeah. Compliment. Compliment. Compliments. That's all. Just tell a little. And then don't be creepy about it. Okay, there's a difference between sexual harassment and compliments. (laughs) A compliment is you look nice. Sexual harassment is I bet you look nice outside of them clothes. Okay. That's, Too far. That's not a, the second one was not a compliment. That's quagmire-ish. <laughs> don't be rapey. Don't be rapey. Don't be rapey. Don't be rapey. Just is that hard? Is com- that, y'all need a class. <laughs> you want to teach a class? We can teach a class. Gonna, it's going to be on the books. Yeah. We yeah. got y'all. Sticky noted. All right. Let's move on. To the last thing. What's Alabama go- got medical marijuana. Alabama got medical marijuana. All right, we thought we'd never see that day. Like, we never thought we'd see a black president. But it's happening, y'all. It's happening. Did I say Georgia was, Georgia, right? Alabama, Mississippi, was that? that? Mississippi, we looking at you. I Mississippi got Louisiana, no but y'all like locking niggas up They will lock them up for anything. Y'all like locking niggas y'all up. Y'all walking too fast, lock them up. <laughs> Jay walking, lock them up. Lock them up. She didn't do nothing. She went in the state, lock her up. Oh, Lord. Bring it back. Bye, Risky. Oh. Bye, Risky. So Alabama, Uh uh they passed the medical marijuana bill law, something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, we just figured out how to get cards. (laughs) I got anxiety documented. I ain't worried about it, bro. (laughs) My shit documented. I ain't worried about it. 
I'm hey, we're t- back. I'm telling y'all, if y'all keep us, uh, we tried to put y'all on game the last couple You gotta t- listen. You gotta go ahead, start figuring out. Y'all better find somebody in California, Colorado, do something. Oregon, figure out how, uh, you know what I'm saying? You can start getting some legal situations she, happening. Become legal. <laughs> there it is. Because that medical is gonna go right, right? into medis- I mean, uh, recreational. Well, come on, it just falls real slippy slope. <laughs> it's it's re- a slippery slope. It is. For real. It though. is, because white folks are known that they can make. Trillions. So much money. Trillions. So black people, get in where you fit in. Don't nobody know it like you. (laughs) You know, in the rare event that, you know, the South are never on the same page, because clearly Alabama, there's a win. Georgia, what the fuck? So, because you niggas didn't go vote for Stacey Abrams... The new governor of Georgia has signed a bill to make abortions illegal after six weeks, which is usually around the time women find, women out. find out that they're pregnant. If not eight. <laughs> it's like the heartbeat something. Anyway, so yeah, guys, you can't get any more abortions in Georgia. That shit wild. Um, <clears throat> I find it very interesting how people feel like they can still regulate a woman's body. Mm. I can understand everyone's personal belief about how they feel. That means just don't get an abortion. There it is. If you don't believe in it, don't get don't it. Don't get it. But why regulate people who it could be a medical condition? It could, because what y'all are not doing is y'all are not fixing our poverty problem. And, and we watched a documentary the other day about children. Like it's oh, like children 100,000 yeah. children like go, could go without eating. and It was just it's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Y'all not doing about the poverty of our children. Y'all are not doing anything about the social services this, uh-huh. um, that the, ch- the system that the children go into when no one is adopting them. These foster parents they're are just aging out of the system. Oh, they're just aging out of the system. Foster the foster care system is not up to par. It's just people trying to get a check. Yeah, most most times. Most and in a lot of situations, kids are getting molested. Right. It's it's worse living conditions than where they came from. Y'all are not doing anything about medical, free medical health care for okay. any of these kids. Let's talk about the rich people that be complaining about abortion. <laughs> you, how are you complaining about something, but you also complaining about what is so called Obamacare? You know the affordable health care. Right. You don't want everybody to have universal health insurance, but you don't you don't want people to get rid of babies they can't afford. Then you're gonna complain about welfare. Okay, so you don't want to give out government assistance. Because you think it's only for black people. Um all whoever is impregnating them, y'all not gonna do nothing about child support. Cause let me tell you something. If every all these people who you don't wanna have abort you don't want to have abortions, just drop babies off on your goddamn doorstep. Then what? Then it's gonna be like it's gonna shit gonna turn into what happened to Monday. <laughs> now, <laughs> the eight babies it's that can only go out once in one day right. a week. <laughs> Goddamn! What do you want? What do you because y'all are just regulating women's bodies now? Religious belief aside, you can believe what you want. This is supposed to be America, and that's supposed to be legal, and that's fine. I feel like the choice of what women are allowed to do with their bodies should also be legal. And I don't understand why it's a lot of conservative white men, even though I've seen a lot of comments about with black men talking about. and they don't understand why women are so upset about it. Like, y'all just want to kill y'all babies? Uh, I don't y'all understand. taking care of these babies? Whatever. It's I don't cool. understand why there's a stereotype about black men not taking care of their children. Is that out there for a reason? What the fuck? Okay. If we're believing, it's just stupid shit we hear. I mean, listen, because anyway, um, I feel like it's wrong. Of course, I feel like it's wrong. I 
am not on either side, pro-life, pro-choice. I feel like the decision is up to whoever. Right. I just feel like people should be able to make judgment calls on their own bodies. Right, right. And not have it be government regulated. That's crazy. What is this? Russia? Right. Russia? (laughs) Russia? Germany. (laughs) Pay attention. So that, because no one is regulating the male body. They're not going to. No one is no one is out here saying, "Oh, you can only do this much with your penis." And that's it. Like no one is regulating y'all. And I'm telling you what's so funny. If men were that great, and I'm not saying y'all are not great because some of you are amazing, but the majority of you, if you were that great, he would have had Joseph carry Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking and about miracles. And we're talking about miracles. Joseph punk ass would have carried Jesus. Jesus. Unwed and all. So what they would have said you, about if him. If you were really, if you were really concerned, then then you would um, you know, care. You would care. As uh, sister said, you care. I, I think you should care about about women and their bodies. So all right, well, I think that's a great place because it's Mother's Day edition and one of my, my children that made me a mother just came in the room. It's like, it's like the interview with the dude trying to do the, the video thing and his children come yes. in. And the, I don't the know nanny. if it was a nanny yeah. or his I'm wife. Sure it was a nanny. <laughs> just trying to pull the kids. Yeah, we can see them. Oh, we can well, see them. I'm going to go check on mine. and We're going to take a break. All right. <laughs> Did you know the Dogon tribe lives in Mali, West Africa? According to one of their many legends, a race called Nomos visited the earth from the star Ceres thousands of years ago. The Nomos were ugly amphibious beings. The Dogon learned from the Nomos that there was a companion star, Ceres B, that orbited the main star. The legend supposedly goes back thousands of years. But in 1970, scientists, with the help of a telescope that was not invented at the time that the doggone tribe seen the Ceres star, they had discovered Ceres B. Although they had suspected it for years, that was the first time they had evidence. All right, welcome back. And this week it's Mother's Day. Well... Mother's Day, if you're listening to this on Sunday, and we wanted to do something special. We have our own moms here today with us, and because I love Dion so much and I love her mama so much, I think we wanted to um, interview each other's moms and try to, you know, get some spicy, juicy details about motherhood and raising daughters. So I have with me Miss Ruthie Duff, the lovely Miss Ruthie Duff. Hello, Alexis. Hi, mama. How you doing? Girl, I'm just terrific. And what about yourself? I'm good. I'm so excited to have you on. I am excited to be here. So you are a mother of three. Yes, I am. A grandmother of four now? Four boys. Four yes. boys. And mm-hmm. so you have a son and two daughters. Yes, I do. Okay, so how is it being a mom of three? And especially how is it raising daughters? Well, really, we have a blended family. Okay, my, nice. My husband has a daughter. Okay. And I had a son. And we married and we had two daughters. Right. So being a mother is something I took very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and being a blended family, I wanted to be the greatest stepmother. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be the greatest baby's mother. That's in the baby's mother. Yeah. And was was it what was the transition from being a single mom of one child to then being married and then having 
two more kids or two daughters or three children now mm-hmm. after you have um, a stepchild. And what was the difference between raising a son and raising girls? Well, raising us, raising the son uh, as a single mother, what I had um, did and told myself and pretty much convinced myself that I was going to be a single mother raising a black male mm-hmm. in a white society. Mm-hmm. Well, a, 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 a society that was ran by white people. Mm-hmm. So I had to raise this young man to be better than the average white boy. Right. So he could be greater and no one could ever tell him that he could not accomplish or be a part of or be greater than what he, uh, they, they thought he could be. Right. So in essence, what I was raising, I was raising... Uh, what some people would call a part of an extinct mm-hmm. uh, group of people. Like the last of the dying breed. Yes, which was an <laughs> educated, well-bred black man. Mm-hmm. And that's what I had conditioned myself to do, was raise a black man mm-hmm. by a single mother mm-hmm. and not a black boy. Now, and so how did it differ when you started having girls? Uh, when I started having girls, I, were, I was married and a man had come into my life and he had assumed the role of raising this black male child for me. Mm-hmm. And because he was a former Marine mm-hmm. and, um, and very streetwise, I was very comfortable with him raising this uh, young man, right. my son. And then when the girls came into uh, our lives, um, I realized then that um, I wanted them to be in a position where they could not be told that they were not qualified or not good enough. Mm -hmm. And see, you have to look at the fact that I am first generation out of the fields. My parents were raised in an area in Alabama where they were, um, they they sharecropped, mm-hmm. and my father came from Africatown out of Mobile, Alabama. Mm-hmm. So uh, his family came from the slave ship Cotilda. Because you're several generations born and raised Alabama. Yes, uh huh. Several generations. Wow. I uh, I'm I think I'm like mm, seventh generation. Wow. Uh, uh, from. Uh, my mother on my mother's side, mm-hmm. and on my father's side, I'm I'm uh, fourth generation off the slave ship. Wow. So uh, my thing was to make sure my children mm-hmm. were well-rounded, uh, well-versed, mm-hmm. and articulate, mm-hmm. and that no one could tell them that they were not good enough right. or they were not qualified right. for anything. So everything my parents were not able to do with me because of when I was born, I was born in 1960. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of white only going Mm -hmm. around and a lot of white privilege. And um, so I wanted to make sure my children did not have to uh, uh, accomplish, but endure Mm -hmm. some of the things that I had to endure. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was a teenager before I actually realized that, uh, I could go in a store and try on clothes. What? Yes, because uh, we weren't allowed to try on clothes or try on shoes. Wow. They would actually either measure our feet and tell our parents, this is what size shoe you wear. And then you just had to buy them. Right. You couldn't take it back because white people wouldn't buy something that That black black people had tried on. Wow. So I did not want my children to go through that. Now, is that why I know Dion said you kept them involved a lot while they were mm-hmm. younger? They danced, they did. Every, so, is that is that one of the reasons why you kept them involved with it so much? Yes, because I was on the tail end of busing. Mm-hmm. We got bust. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
for our listeners that don't know what bus means, can you explain that? Well, in uh, uh, when they seg- uh, desegregated the schools or integrated the schools in the uh, late '60s to early '70s uh, in Alabama, they the white people decided, and yes, I said it, the white people, the Caucasians, the Caucasians, <laughs> they did not want to go to school with us. So they either put their children in private schools or tried to keep their schools. Uh, segregated. Mm-hmm. But the Board of Education in the state of Alabama said you either have to go to your schools or you have to uh, integrate your schools. Mm-hmm. So they took us, a group of people, a group of kids, and they bust us uh, about an hour away to another school mm-hmm. so that this white school could have enough black kids in it so it would not become uh, they would not close it. Oh. So they sent us to them and when we got there, they pretty much had set up in their minds what we could and could not do. Wow. You know, we could not be cheerleaders. We could not be dancers. Uh, 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 we could not be in uh, uh, this 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 future business leaders of America. Oh, wow. And they had several different clubs and organizations that we couldn't be a part of. Mm-hmm. And yes, I'm saying it. The name of the school is Shays Valley High School <laughs> in Birmingham, Alabama. It was a Jefferson County school. And if you go back prior to 1985, it was an extremely, <coughs> extremely racist school. Yes, mm. I said it. You can find me. And I'll talk about it. Say at her. Mm-hmm. And, she, and she will run it down for you. But, so that's one of the main reasons why? Right. Because when I was in the school, when I was going to school there, uh, I was what you call a token. Mm-hmm. They, a had, token. they had certain people that allowed to do certain things. Mm-hmm. I was a token because in my heart, I felt like I was good enough to be in everything. Mm-hmm. I did not let statistics say what I could and could not do because my parents were not educated. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, statistically, I was not supposed to become educated. Right. So, but I tried everything. Right. I tried to become part of everything. Mm-hmm. I ran for uh, office in school. You know, student council officers. You know, even though you don't, you're not going to win anyway. Mm-hmm. You still make that effort. And so, when I realized that there was things out there I didn't know. And things I had not been exposed to, mm-hmm. I was determined that my children would be exposed to these things, they would know these things, and they would be better and greater than the average white person Right. that they would have to go to school Got to work twice as mm-hmm. hard to get half as much. Exactly. Right. And so as they grew and they started going to school, I made sure they went to a school that was integrated. Mm-hmm. And I made sure that... I was a very involved parent in right. their school. Right, I've heard that yeah, you extremely were involved up there all the time, mainly mm-hmm. for Dion. Yeah, well, Dion stayed in a lot of trouble, yeah. the <laughs> but I made sure I was there, and uh, because I was there, that's probably why Dion never got expelled. Right. Because they knew they could call the mother mm-hmm. or the father, and I would come. Right. And I would discipline Dion. Uh, away from the classroom, I talked to him, even though it didn't work. It didn't help. It's <laughs> uh, probably why that little one was so stubborn. <laughs> well, what I did, what I did with all of my children, I raised them to be free spirits. Right. 
Okay, and I raised them to speak up for themselves. Right. And if they did not agree with something, don't bite your tongue. And they do not. Exactly. <laughs> they you know, do and not I at raised all. them to be like that. I was I grew up in a time when you didn't talk back, and if you had an opinion, you kept it to yourself. Yeah. See, I I tell Dion I always found it um, very interesting just listening to her and how she is and how the way she, you raised her. And my family, especially my grandmother, were very different. Mm-hmm. My grandmother was very passive. She was very passive. And she wasn't the one that was like, you know, she would be like, don't make a scene. Mm-hmm. It's okay. And But if she wanted something done, she knew to tell my mother. Right. And my mother would go do it. Mm-hmm. And so, but she was not. So I was, especially from my grandmother's side, was raised to just kind of let things go. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, you know, really hoopla about it. And Dion is not that oh, way no. at all. No. And I always find it very interesting because um, my grandmother was a Southern woman. So I think that I just felt like that's what Southern women were where they mm-hmm. were just like this even kill docile and so um meeting you guys and meeting Dion it was like oh no baby <laughs> like Dion was like I like to take like confederate flags off of people's like if they were wearing shirts take that off what did you do <laughs> well see you're looking at Dion who has uh two grandmothers who had two grandmothers uh sister Azora Starks who she loves yes, <laughs> we call her <laughs> sir mm-hmm. and then my mother who my she Polly, yes those are two they were two very very strong black mm-hmm. women, extremely mm-hmm. strong. Mm-hmm. And then you look at Dion, and they are encompassed inside of her. Right. And I mean, very strong. But now my my grandmother, my mother's mother, was very docile, mm-hmm. very submissive, and uh, uh, my mother didn't get that from her mm-hmm. at all. These two women were extremely strong. They spoke their mind. They didn't care who they were speaking it to. To give you a, a great example of both of them, my mother. Uh, was a maid. Oh, okay. And um, before she went to clean up their house, they would clean it up before she got there. Mm. Because if it wasn't clean when she got there, she raised hell. Mm. And she actually went and got one of the boys out of school because she told him to stop eating in his bed and leaving the plates in his bed. She went and checked him out of high school, made him come home and clean up his bedroom. What? Yes. What? That is so crazy. And then my my other and my her other grandmother, my husband's mother, mm-hmm. she was a maid. Oh wow! And she cleaned house for this lady in an area of uh, uh, Birmingham, and the lady would tell her what room to go clean. But that's not normal. If you're a maid, you go in the house and you just start cleaning. Mm-hmm. But this particular day, she told her what rooms to go clean. And mm-hmm. she told her, can you go clean the bathroom? She said, yes, ma'am. She went in there and there was $2 on the sink, so she picked it up and put it in her pocket. Mm-hmm. Then she told her to go clean the bedroom, and she said, yes, ma'am. She went in there, it was $3 on the, on the dresser. She picked it up, put it in her pocket. And every room she told her to go clean, there was money in the room. And she, she was just it up collective and money. put it in her pocket. <laughs> so at the end of the day, the lady had really tried to set her up to of course. prove she was a thief. Of course. And she said, um, I saw you clean house so well, but let me ask you something. Did you see any money laying around? And she said, yes, ma'am, and you tip well. <laughs> you tip so nicely. <laughs> Thank you so much. And so the lady couldn't say anything because in hotels, you leave money out for the maids. Ah. And she told her you tip well. She said the, latest, what, the lady was paying her $4 a day plus car fare, ah. which was like $4.35 a day. Wow. So, But anytime you give directions to a maid to go clean certain areas. Mm. And so they were very extremely strong black women. Now, what um, the relationship you've had with your mother, how has that shaped you um, with raising your children and raising your daughters? 
well, uh, I had the typical relationship with my mother, very contingent, uh, because I was very uh, outspoken mm-hmm. and um, uh, uh, militant. <laughs> Extreme, extremely militant. That sounds familiar. Yeah, <laughs> extremely militant. So me and my mother, we kind of went at it mm-hmm. um, a great deal, mm-hmm. and um, because things that I wanted to do, she didn't want me to do. Mm-hmm. She wanted me to be that little quiet, docile person. I couldn't do that, and so it was very. Con- it was. It had some things going on that um, uh, led for uh, led to us being always at each other. Right, and so. Uh, I didn't want that with my girls, even mm-hmm. though I see me and Dion still went at each other. Like that. <laughs> but not had like, a lot of Ruthie Duff in you in her, did she? <laughs> my mother actually just wanted us all to stay at home. Mm-hmm. She never wanted us to leave home. But with my children, I raised them to leave home. Mm-hmm. And I told them at eighteen, you must go. Mm-hmm. This is not your home. Uh, you was just renting a room. <laughs> And it's up now. Yes. <laughs> At least it's up now. All of them had to leave. And they got kind of upset when they left because when my son went off to the uh, military, we went in there and broke his room down and cleaned it up and, and made it Nicole's room. Mm-hmm. Then when Nicole went to the uh, went off to college. It was an office. It, yeah, you know, it became a, uh, it became Dion's room. Dion's room. Right. And then we took... Um, the uh, Dion's old room and we made it a guest room. <laughs> Everybody got to go once you leave you out. And then when Dion left we took her room and turned it into a guest room. Mm-hmm. And she was gone probably 30 minutes. We, start, <laughs> we started working on it. But I raised them to leave home. I raised them to uh, be able to uh, survive in the world. Mm-hmm. And when I realized my daughters could survive outside of my, my, my mothering mm-hmm. is when I took them to New York. And uh, they wanted to go get pizza. Mm-hmm. And we was in Manhattan. And so the the uh, the lady that we were staying with said, well, you go over four blocks, catch the bus, and ride it down so many blocks. And, and they did it. How old were they? Ten. Yeah, they probably were like 10, 11 years old. By themselves? Well, there was another, uh, probably somebody like 20 with them. My mother would never. <laughs> I remember one time we were in South Africa and my mom and I were on a bus and I had met some kids. I was a senior in high school, so I was like 16. And I had met some kids on the bus and they was talking about this party and I, whatever reason in my crazy mind, was like, Mom, I want to go to this party with these kids. And she was like, I don't know these kids. We in a whole nother country, girl. Uh, No, ma'am. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't know that they could go to parties either because we didn't let them go to parties. Oh, I didn't go. We didn't care if they knew the people. <laughs> they didn't go to parties. To party. No, we didn't go to parties. One young man wanted to take Nicole to the movies one night and I was in the kitchen cooking and so when he came in, you know, me and my husband had to grill him mm-hmm. and so uh, he told the young man, he said, you know everybody in this house are mass murderers. What? He told the young man, he said, now, if, wherever you take her, if they start shooting you better catch that bullet oh. if one comes toward Nicole. Yeah. And so when I was in the kitchen cutting something, I said, young man, listen, Nicole is leaving here a virgin. She better come back that way. Right. Or I'm going to peel it like a banana. <gasps> oh, and did you ever see that boy again? No, we didn't. I know you didn't. I don't think a lot of them could have took that. <laughs> 
No, we didn't. No, we, we didn't. So how is it um, being a grandmother now, post, of all boys? You had a bunch more girls than you had boys, and now you have four grand boys. How is that? Well, raising children, mm-hmm. I looked at it as a charge to keep that God had given me. Mm-hmm. And I had to raise them to the best of my ability to make sure that they turn out the way God wanted them to be. Right. Raising grandchildren is like my gift from God. Aww. And so it's my my duty to spoil them rotten. Right. As long as they get mamas and come pick them up. That's the youngest one back yes, there. Yes. <laughs> my job is to spoil them and to just love them because I don't have to put that much work into them. Their parents is, are doing that. Right. And if I raise the parents right, the parents are going to raise them correctly. Absolutely. And so they're my, they're our joy. They're Aww. our legacy, you know, and we look at them as the co- continuity of our family. Aww, and so that's just branching out. And so when we leave this world, we know we're still here. Right. So when when we look at our grandsons, we just just uh, just totally proud. As you should be, they're mm-hmm. beautiful boys. Thank you. Thank and they're you. being raised amazing. They, they definitely are. Right. Yeah. All right. I think I got one last question. You being such an amazing mom and a wife and grandma, what did you do to keep some sort of self identity? And I'm gonna say this, and I want all uh, young ladies to listen to me. If you're married. If you're not married, if you're a single mother, if you're a married mother, when you have children, when you have children, you disappear. Mm-hmm. You have to raise those children. You have a job. Mm-hmm. You have to raise those children to be the best they can be. Mm-hmm. Your identity has gone out the window. Mm-hmm. You can't hold on to it. I mean, there's some. It was some days when I just needed to get away, go to the movie or something. But my job was to raise those children. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't. Ha- they didn't give birth to themselves. Mm-hmm. They don't come with directions. So my job was to do the best that I can do to raise them to be great human beings. I couldn't hang out in the clubs. Me and my husband came to a conclusion: if we can't take them with us, we can't go. Mm-hmm. So we didn't hang out in nightclubs, and we didn't. We stopped partying. Our main focus was to raise those children. Mm-hmm. Children, and he told me one day. He said, "When they when they get grown, then we're going to be able to live our lives." Mm-hmm. So my identity, in actuality, was their identity mm-hmm. to keep them extremely busy, to keep them out of trouble, to keep them from getting pregnant when they was thirteen and fourteen years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, keep them with a good record, to keep them with good grades, to make sure they go go to college, to be greater than what I was Mm -hmm. because my mother made sure I was greater than her. And I wanted my children to be greater than me and my husband. So my identity did not come until Dion went off to college Mm -hmm. and my mother died. Mm And my mother died in uh, 2009. Mm -hmm. And I realized when my mother died, I didn't know who I am. Mm. Who am I? Mm-hmm. So I had to seek psychological help. Right. And she said, what do you like? And she just started telling me, write down things that you like and what not what you want other people to like. Right. And so I had to find myself mm-hmm. that I lost when I had my first child. Mm. So it was so much fun 
finding who I am, finding what I like to do. And one thing I like, I like weaves, wigs, and bling. Okay, yes. (laughs) I like to stay fly, baby. (laughs) Exactly. I like to I like to speak my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to insult you just to insult you because I'm looking at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I may not like what you're wearing. I may not like your hair. Well, that's none of my business. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep my mouth closed. Mm-hmm. Okay? You, 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 that's what you want. That's what you want. Do what you want. <laughs> right. Okay? All right? Uh, I wear what I like. I like the way I look. Mm-hmm. It's none of your business. Word. Okay? Uh, as long as my husband... Likes what I like and how I look. I'm good with it. Nice. Okay, so my life that I lead now is that we are dating one another. We've been married 33 years. We've been knowing one another since 1968. Mm. We've actually been together uh, about 39 years. Wow. And so uh, we are one individual. We have the same heartbeat. We have the same blood flow. Mm -hmm. So when I dress to go anywhere, I want him to like how I look. Right. And if he likes how I look, whether it's a miniskirt or a cut cleavage, if he says it's okay, I'm going to wear it. Nice. Now, if someone said, ooh, is this the preacher's wife dressed like that? And <laughs> the preacher said he was fine. The preacher bought it, okay? <laughs> Mind your business, that's exactly. all. <laughs> Mind exactly. Mind your business. So, uh, so uh, redefining myself and, or just finding out who I was was so much fun. Yeah, it seems like a beautiful yeah, process. It, it is. It's, it's, a, it's a great adventure. Right. And I would advise anyone who has gone through any type of changes in their life with their children growing up and you be, and get in an empty nest. Mm-hmm. If you lose someone in your life, you lose a loved one, a mother, a father, a, a spouse, mm-hmm. and, and you find yourself alone. Mm-hmm. First of all, get you a, a psychologist. Right. So, it's nothing wrong with getting a psychologist. nothing wrong with some therapy. For everyone out there who think you got it going on, sweetheart and darlings, you got some lunacy. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Everyone has a form of lunacy. You can keep it hidden if you want to. Mm -hmm. Okay? You might close that door three times. You might open that drawer three times. You got some lunacy going on. Need somebody to talk to. Mm -hmm. Get you a psychologist. That person, you can share your secrets with him or her. And it's like the pages of a diary. They Mm -hmm. don't repeat it. Mm -hmm. So get some help and someone to help you walk along this new path that you're taking. Right. But you, once you get those uh, children grown and gone, find yourself. Right. Go on some trips. Go on places you've never gone before. Right. You know, uh, it's nothing wrong with going on cruises alone, going to New York alone, going to see Broadway shows, uh, go to California, go to Alaska, anywhere you feel like going. Find yourself. Right. See who you are. Because you've done your job. You've raised those children. And they turned out well. Well, I appreciate you coming on our show. We Thank loved, you. I loved it. And uh, well, I'm gonna take take a break so Dion can talk to my mom. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you, y'all. Look, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Yes. And uh, remember, be a great mother. Raise your children. Amen. Don't. They can't raise themselves. Amen. Okay, and now it is time to interview Alexis's fabulous mother. Could you tell everyone your name? Portia Ophelia Cannon. Her middle name is just so poetic. Can you spell your first name for everyone correctly? P-O-R-T-I-A. Yes. That is how it is spelled, everyone. Everybody else is wrong. (laughs) 
y'all are wrong. That is how it is spelled, and anything after that is wrong. Well, actually, Portia is Latin, and it's a first name. Okay. Portia, which is German, and it's is the last name, P-O-R-S-C-H-E. Okay. So you have two first and, and, and given. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the first name is still right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So tell us a little about yourself. Oh, my. I'm uh, 61. I think I'll be 62 this year. Mm-hmm. I um, have one sister. I'm the oldest by four years. Okay. Um, mom and dad were exceptional people. And happy Mother's Day, Mom, and in, in, in heaven, uh-huh. I miss you. Um, I did some college. Yeah. I've worked since I was 12. I... Um, have lived in multiple states in the U.S. and enjoy traveling, so I love to get out of the country as much as possible, oh. as long as it's to warm weather. Okay, I, I don't yes. do the cold. No, she does not <laughs> like the cold weather. She escapes from it. Okay, so uh, tell us a little bit about your childhood. How was your relationship with your mother? Ooh, um, <laughs> my mother was a, a very stern, educated religious woman. Okay. And um, so we grew up having to be good at school, and I wasn't the best. My sister was the straight-A student. <laughs> it seems to be the I story. was the rebellious one, <laughs> you know, but I was the, I had to be the responsible one. I was the yeah. oldest, yeah, so yeah, everything fell on me yeah. to be the responsible one. So, but we had a good childhood. We had cousins who lived a few blocks away from us, so we always would be walking oh, back wow. and forth between the houses on both my mother and my dad's side. We had a huge church community, so yeah. we had a lot of close families that were just like relatives. It even sounds they so weren't safe. Blood. It was it was an entirely safe environment. You felt safe growing up. Yes, that is great because um, <clears throat> I don't think a lot of a lot of people in your age bracket can say that that mm. they just felt safe. That is such a a pure thing to have you're very very lucky and blessed to be able to grow up in such a safe community that that is very true that is very true and and everybody on the street knew the street lights better not catch you oh yeah you that's got the, to thing. the front door. yeah oh yeah all so black kids you, got to be in the house know. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then my mother would not because she was the rule was you couldn't go to the front yard if your hair wasn't combed oh and so she would deliberately not comb your hair to keep you in the to house? keep you in the front no keep you in the backyard oh you can, you can play in the backyard but you couldn't go to the front of the house. Why they don't want know. you in the front though? Well, because that's where the cars would come. Oh, the yeah, though, yeah. So they're trying oh, to keep you off the them. street. Yeah, stay in the back. Stay in the back. So, yeah. Okay, so how did your upbringing affect you raising Alexis? Did you want more than one? or I did want one. <laughs> <laughs> All of my friends found out I was pregnant and getting married and they were like, Porson? Porson don't want no kids? So um, it really was. I was I was thirty, uh-huh. and I it was not planned. It was not something that I had really yearned for. Yeah. Um, I don't hold babies if they're younger than three months old. Oh. So she was, the, and I probably barely held it the first week. My <laughs> mama, <laughs> keep me right with it. Just keep crying. But, yeah, and 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 then when I was younger, I had a very contentious relationship with my mother. Uh, and so, why is that with girls and moms? Well, I, I generationally, I don't know. I think everybody can have a different type of relationship. Uh, um, I think that my generation, we were 
trying to to get out and do. Yeah. You know? So um, it, it took a long time for us to get on a a stable ground yeah. where I I could listen and she could listen. And it wasn't, oh, mama said, you know, well, I could yeah. kind of do. But, I mean, mama said to the day she died. But So did, <laughs> did you have to, like, set boundaries with her? I, I couldn't do that. Oh. I had, so I had to set my boundaries. Okay. So mom and dad would come to California when I was living in L.A. And they would stay for three months. And oh. I'd be sick a month before they came, and I was sick a month oh, after no. they left. Stress you out, <laughs> and you know, and oh. I was suffering from migraines, and it'd be like I was just—it was stressful for me. Yeah, because what happens is you end up reverting back to the child you are oh. when they're the because you know it's your we parents. were told you weren't adults as long as your we're parents around. Are around, right? And well, so, that's true. You know, so then you know I gave up my bedroom. I I gave up, you know. So of course, because it it's your parents. Always. So yeah, so it was, it was an interesting thing. But we got to where the last twenty years, it was good. It okay. was solid. But it did. You had the question was, how did that affect me in raising Alexis? Yeah. And so once I knew I was pregnant, I prayed from that day forward. Okay, Lord, I need to have a little girl, <sighs> and I want her and I to have a really good friendship relationship. I didn't uh-huh. want us to have the same type of relationship yeah. that I had with my mother. Now, that being said, I was blessed with both of those, but it took some doing for us to get to where I understood I had to be mama and mm-hmm. not just friend. Yeah. And she understood where I had to be mama. And, and so we had to work through being able to identify when I was Mama. Time out now. I'm mama, not yeah. the little girlfriend on the side of the street. So, so you you were a single mom after a while, right? I was a, I was a single mom the whole time, but <laughs> I, but her father was out of the house um, when she was about seven years old. And so. how was that raising a a girl that you had to teach to be a woman, and you're trying to be mom and still make her comfortable? How how did you manage to juggle all that and work? Well, I I worked full time. And when she was probably about five or six, I went back on the road because I had always worked a job where I traveled for a living. I've been mm-hmm. in IT for 40 years, um, probably more than that now. Um, and so I traveled for my job. Mm-hmm. And so when she was young and, and she and I were together, when she had to go to her dad's on during the week, then I would, I like you know, travel or, you know, be gone. And so um, it, it it's hard raising a girl. I I made choices. I did not date while she was young because I'm the type of person you hate. you Any kind of way you hinder or hurt my child. That's it. I'm going to be <laughs> catching a case and doing some time. Yeah. So I did not date at all while she was young. Uh-huh. Um I may have had one or two friends, maybe. maybe. Yeah. They showed up for a minute, yeah. and then they did something stupid, and they had to go. So yeah. I didn't I didn't have um, company or go out on dates and do all that while, while she was young. Um, and then when she went to boarding school, 
I still really didn't date because I was traveling for work and I yeah. was traveling a hundred percent of the time then because oh, she well, was, was taken care of. Yeah. And then I would go and spend a week at her school uh-huh. and hang out, you know, and so yeah. But I did I tried to be as open as I could with her. Yeah. I explained, I tried to explain things age appropriate ah. but I never tried to make up stories like she knew there wasn't a Santa Claus. Yeah. She, you know, she knew that mama worked to give her bills. She started working when she was about 2 and so when she would get a paycheck, I would take her to the bank and sit her up on the counter and yeah. we sign her check and put it in the in the bank account and we get a little money out. And we'd have her night out. She yeah. get to pick. Do you want to go to dinner? You want to go to movies? You gonna get your nails done? Aww. Whatever that was. So we always had a good hangout relationship. Yeah. And I always tried to answer the questions, <clears throat> whatever they were, and and hope that the answer I gave her would either scare her enough <laughs> or, or or bring the right next question so I could try to address it appropriately. Yeah. Um, I took her to New Orleans and down on Bourbon Street when she was young because I wanted her I don't know what's to wrong be with exposed. <laughs> yeah, my folks did know. that to us. They was, let's go down Bourbon Street. I was like, oh, so much. <laughs> yeah, so and then so she was that. like, she was like, okay, mom, I've had enough of this. Yeah, I, I know, right? But I wanted her to have the exposure with me. Right. So that I could make sure I could explain how I wanted her to understand. So, so what was you wanted going to introduce on. her to something yes. before the world got a chance. Right. That exactly. makes a lot of sense. That exactly. and that that explains her approach to a lot of things in life. She's she's open minded. She might not get it, but she tries to stay very, you know, open to what it is before she judges it. Right. So yeah, I can see that. Well, you did a great job on that one. Yeah. How do you feel like you did? I, I did I did well. She's <laughs> a she's a beautiful person. Um she picked up the spiritual part yes. after she got old enough. I would take her from church to church to church and the church what we would settle in on was a church because she felt comfortable and yeah. and enjoyed that environment. Um, bright as a whip, she was always a social butterfly. Lord, <laughs> that got her into more trouble than she needed to have, especially in school. But um, she has a great personality. She's um, She's always had a gifted skill for creation. Uh-huh. And so her writing, she wrote poems when she was really young. She had a poem that was published when she was really young. Um, to see, you know, five books in a, in a major bookstore with her name on the cover is, is ex, you know, special um, in, <laughs> in all kinds of ways um, because my mother was an educator and my yes. mother believed in books. So to have books that she wrote that my mother got to read before she died was was a big thing. And I'm just waiting to see her name on the big screen. <laughs> it's like big screen and little screen. Everywhere. I just, it just to see be her name everywhere. everywhere. Yes. What was it about <laughs> you that made it made it possible for you to instill that in her? Because she had to get it from something. And even though you're the traveling, the board is good, there was still some part of you that put that there. You had to plant the seed. Well, I I think this that the creative the creative part probably came from her father actually. You think? He was a professional bass player. Oh, okay. And and was very good at it. Matter of fact, he could have been playing up till 
the time Al Jarreau died because the audition, the last audition he had, which he blew, was to play for Al Jarreau. Uh. So I think that creative musical side mm -hmm. comes from him. I'm, I'm, our side has musical talent as well. I swear y'all seen yeah. everybody. <laughs> what do you mean? Al was upstairs and all y'all was just in harmonizing downstairs. It's like a choir. I was like, oh, y'all just sit around and sing. Oh, but yeah, so we enjoy music and, you know, like I said, we, you know, books, we always did. And then I wanted her to be comfortable as an adult. So I think about five or six, we, we'd be traveling and I take her up to the sky cap and I say, okay, now what are you supposed to do? Uh -huh. Tell them where you're going, yeah. to, you know, and we would do that and we'd pay and, and they would always say, oh, how people do that, teach their kids how to travel. You know, she knew well, how yeah. to go in and find her seat on the airplane. She knew how when she, mama, are we going to sit in first class? <laughs> you know? <laughs> see, Bougie. So. <laughs> yes. That's how we like our little girls. So, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I she wanted that. She did all that and she's still scared of me flying on <laughs> Every time Alexa would fly somewhere by herself after she went to Pineywood, she would get stuck somewhere. What? And I'd be across the country. I was on a plane. I had taken my sister to Hawaii after she got her doctorate. And Alexis was going to Virginia to Hampton for spring break with her cousin. Uh -huh. So I leave L.A., go to Hawaii. We're out there for a week or two. Alexis goes to on spring break. And we get on the plane to come back to L.A. And the minute I get on the ground, my phone is blowing up. Oh, my yeah. mother is having heart attacks. Lexi's stuck in Charlotte. She by herself and she's oh. just four, we were 14 or 15 years oh, old. And she was, 16. You, yeah, so she was just, you know, but it always seemed like every time I was really far away from she her, got she got stranded. We were, she was flying to Akron. I was already coming to, into Akron and she gets into Dallas and her flight's late. Uh -huh. And so I had to walk her through going to get to the Admiral's Club, get her ticket changed, stayed on the phone so I could get her the shortest way yeah. between terminals because Dallas is a huge it airport. Is. But a lot of that made it comfortable because of the way I raised her. Right. So she was able to follow instructions. Even when she started junior high school, I had to work. And so I, she would call me, Mom, I'm home from school. Okay, look in the, in the refrigerator. The chicken's in there. Uh -huh. Wash the chicken. She'd put it in a pan, put it in the oven. So she could follow instructions even though she was still fairly young. Yeah, well, so. that, well that's uh, applaud to you, ma'am. You did that. You know, <laughs> she couldn't do it by herself. You know, that's you had true. to mold her into that. But, okay, so last question. In all of this, even now, how do you find you? Ha. Huh. <laughs> have I found me? Have you found I you? I don't and, and know what's that. the process? Are you trying? Well, I am finally trying. My process has been a little late because my parents for the, well, they my mom's been dead now four years. So for the last 10 to 12, 15 years before my parents died, I was taking care of them. Yeah. So if I wasn't on the road working, I was working from a hospital room. If I, you know, yeah. wasn't at home for a few minutes with Lexi when she was flitting between all the colleges, <laughs> um, I was, well. <laughs> you know, I was at home with them. So it wasn't until after my parents died that I really started to sit back and say, okay, 
you know, we have longevity in our family on both sides, which I'm very grateful for. But so if I've got 30, 34 years, 35, 40 years longer to live, I need to finally have a life for myself. Right. And so I am finally starting to, you know, get out, have a little <laughs> conversations with yeah. the gentleman, and, yeah. you know, get a chance to do some things for myself. Right. And so I'm enjoying that part of life, you know. So it is, it's it's something that I've had to consciously make a choice to do. Wow. I'm going to consciously try to get my health together. I'm going to yeah. consciously try to make sure that my finances are ready because my sister lives in the Caymans and I enjoy being <laughs> on her balcony looking yes, at the water and so I'm ready to get back to the islands and have some good fun over there with her so I'm finally now getting back into what I can concentrate and say this is for me good. you know I did everything I could all the time for my daughter. She yeah. was always first. I mean, her friends thought we were rich for some crazy reason. <laughs> I don't understand that. I mean, but... going to the Hamptons for spring break. <laughs> I don't know where they got that idea. <laughs> I have no idea. But, and I spent a, a lot of trips we took, I took with her, you yeah. know, being able to go to South Africa. We went with her choir and then she and I got to stay, you know, another week and a half after yeah. they spent 10 days in, in South Africa. So I enjoyed that. And now it's like, she finally got to take a trip without her mother. Uh, it's back too. She yeah, got to go like to back Paris and Italy by herself yeah. and Mexico by herself. So Just traveling the I, world. The lady I, of the world. Yeah. Like her mom. She travels. So I think I did a good job. You did an amazing did a job. job. And nobody can't shake a stick at that. <laughs> thank you for coming. We love you so much. I and thank you being it. mama portion of my boys. We well, appreciate you. I love if I if I ever get a chance to have my own grandchildren your two have been a beautiful way to <laughs> learn how to be a grandmother and I just want to say happy Mother's Day to all of my cousins and my sister and my two aunts that are still living, Aunt Frances and Aunt Seal, happy Mother's Day to you all. We still don't get totally grown until <laughs> we are, are absent with, of your presence but we Aww. enjoy having you all with us and I hope everyone has a blessed and happy Mother's Day for all those mothers. I hope you you all took all that wholesomeness in and carry it with you today. All right, well, we're going to take a break. Black fact, black fact, bleedy, bleak, bleak, black fact. On this beautiful Mother's Day, let us all remember everybody mama can cook. Some of y'all got mamas that is out there messing up sweet potato pies, macaroni and cheese. Some of y'all can't cook potato salad. Just let it go, okay? Just let it go. It's not your strong suit. And don't be teaching your daughters or your sons any of your bad traits. Happy Mother's Day. To all those to all those mothers out there, happy Mother's Day and um and and to all those new um new mothers, so um it's a big trip, but happy Mother's Day. And to um to all and yeah. To your mom. To and uh, to my mom. And my and um she's been raising my little brother and me for for a while. Well, she's been since I was born. And my and um she's been the best mom ever. So happy Mother's Day. And to my grandma who's sitting right here, help um help me too, and teaching me everything I know. And 
to all everyone to everyone to have a happy Mother's Day. Good job. But wants to say something. Say say happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Get the All chicken right. bone out your mouth, man. <laughs> he broke off another piece of crystal. All right, jokes and secrets time. With our mom. With our mom. Yay. <laughs> Yay. So we are going to pass the jokes and secrets to our moms this week, and they are going to tell, what is it, a funny, memorable story that they have about us? Oh, yes. In our childhood. Bear with us. <laughs> It's going to be so embarrassing. Okay. Um, who would like to go first well, in embarrassing since, their since kids? Deion's the oldest, we'll let her get embarrassed. Yes! <laughs> Something from oldest out. Go ahead, Mama go, Ruthie. Mama. <laughs> well, first let me tell a joke about Deion. Oh, it's a joke? <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a joke. Um, I always got Dion to trick her dad into taking us to different places. And one day we wanted to go to Dairy Queen. And so I told Dion, she was about five. I said, Dion, ask your dad to take us to Dairy Queen so we can get uh, some uh, some ice cream. And she said, okay. So we're all sitting up in there. And she asked him, could we, would he take us to Dairy Queen? And he said, no. And I said, well, why you got to be so mean? I mean, you just being horrible. I said, you're just the meanest man in the world. And he said, well, what y'all going to do about it? And Dion said, we're going to run your ass out of here. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, Dion. How old was she? How old was she? About four or five. I heard it from somebody. I heard it from somebody. I didn't do it by myself. Okay, so that's the only story we got. No, she said that was a joke. joke. She said that was the joke. Now she got another one. Now I'm going to actually tell you the story. She's some kind of way she's going to eventually figure it out where I'm going with this. But, uh, you know, I didn't I didn't always want them to have sleepovers and things like that. But she had asked me several weeks in advance, could she spend the night with her friend? Oh, no, both. And so, <laughs> so uh, I said, OK, and I was I really wasn't into it because my always got her in a lot of trouble. No, she didn't, Mama. She didn't get me in trouble. We got each other in trouble. Yep, hellfire and damnation, <laughs> the blind leading the blind. So I agreed to let Dion spend the night with <laughs> and her sister. So, um, <laughs> I love you. We ain't got no problems. Just go ahead. So, <laughs> came to pick her up, and she was coming at the house with her clothing. And you know, I'm still kind of apprehensive, you know, how that little spidey scent starts going off. Yeah. And they were saying what they were going to do, just talking loud at the car. Then another car drove up, and it was her friend. Did I pronounce her name correctly? Why, you can't say these folks' names. <laughs> another girl. <laughs> another one of Dion's friends drove up, and as she was getting out the car, she said, Dion, do you have a white belt that I can wear to the party tonight? Ooh, snitched, huh? <laughs> I remember that. So I stopped Dion in the driveway. And I said, "Party? Oh, party!" I said, "Let's go back in the house." I don't know. Never had no party. I didn't hear about no party. I ain't about no party. Girls, are we even going to the party? Yeah. So old big head uh, dipped her into telling a lie. As a pimp, she did, Mama. I was guilty on my own. Okay, whatever. 
<laughs> so I got Dion back in the house, and I said, Dion, what's up with this party? And, you know, they had planned this. This was a planned party that they had planned to attend without my knowledge. But her other friend, mother, knew. So, her mama was cool with it. And I got on the phone and called her mother. She don't care about what her mama was cool with. I see this. <laughs> and when I got through talking to her mother, guess who went to the party? Mm-hmm. No one. Oh. <laughs> Your mama shut that. No. Clearly. I'm glad I paid for that ticket. <laughs> it was like $10. Now, what did you learn? Uh, what? <laughs> you school your friends before they get to the house. <laughs> Don't lie to your mother. Oh, yeah, that. No, she never said that. Never came to Don't lie to mom. Like my mama don't know. <laughs> uh-uh, final, final story. Final story. No, we bought D on a car. We bought D on a car. We bought her a car. It's a real right. short story. Bought her a car, had it fixed up everything. She had the the uh, high school version of a BMW. She had an Acro Legend. Oh, Sun- that was the high school version of a BMW. Sunroof <laughs> and everything. Now, awesome car. Girl, we got it from the thrift store. What? We actually bought the car from the thrift store. You could buy cars from the thrift store? No more. But yeah. What? So yeah. we got insurance and everything on the car. She's driving it to school. I'm telling Dion, don't no one ride in that car with you. We don't have insurance don't on no anyone names, else. <laughs> no names. And I said, no one ride in that car with you. You go, you leave here, you go straight to school. Mm, so listen. Dion left home about seven o'clock going to school. School only five minutes away. Mm-hmm. So I leave home at 20, about 20 minutes to eight, quarter to eight going to work. I stop at the four-way stop. Guess who's at the other end of the four-way stop? With a car full of women. Ooh! Car full of girls. Front seat. Only two people can sit in the front seat. There's about three of them in there. It was not that many. And about five in the back seat. She had ran a bus route. I did have a route. Picking up kids. Were well, you you were charging folks? No. No, that yes, was stupid. Was. Okay, I'm finna yes, say because now... I had learned a lesson from another girl who wasn't giving me gas, so everybody gave me like five dollars. Okay, I'm finna yeah, say you better yeah. charge folks. They was willing to. Well, it nice. hurt the fish. You know, she was a little she was entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. In, in her defense, all I could think was, okay, she's 17. I've been going through this for 17 years. I can't get the truth out of this girl if oh, I tried it. Oh. How did this turn into this right here? Huh? What are we doing? She just All right. Wrapping it up. Wrapping it up. I'm well, like, what's okay. behind the know. line? It's okay. We did. Where's the <laughs> she, she did not Mama. I mean just said look ma I gotta Mama. pick up some girlfriends I'm like okay baby Mama. make sure their y'all parents are good Santa. with it <laughs> y'all tell the truth about Santa Claus no too fair uh, not, not the truth it wasn't the truth I just didn't. Okay, what we're we talking Ms. about? Ms. All right, so. You remember when Alexis first came to my home oh, and I got on the phone and called all the girls? Everybody she brought home with her from uh-huh. Talladega. I yeah. called every one of y'all. I said, listen, uh, they're at my house and they're safe. Yeah. There's not going to be any sex, lies, parties, or alcohol because I'm watching them. First of all, I couldn't mm-hmm. leave off of Talladega campus without letting my mama know where mm-hmm. I was going. So mm-hmm. she knew. <laughs> she knew beforehand. Because if, if I didn't tell her, she would go fine. Find out some kind of way. Somebody's gonna tell her. She, she got the mama spidey senses. <laughs> so thank you, mother. 
right. I, I love think, you so much. Thank you so I much. I didn't tell mama. anything really. You bad. really, you really didn't, because I feel like my mama's story probably is bad. It's all three of them stories. Put together. <laughs> so it was yeah, a little less people happen on the other side of the state. <laughs> at the same time. On the West Coast. Huh? On, on the West Coast. So it, it, it's, it's interesting that... Um, I think it's probably different for you and your mom because you were the baby of three. Yeah. Lexus was an only child. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I'm going to try to wrap up several little <laughs> ones all in one. Um, and then I'll get to her college w- couple that she just brought up. Oh, my God. So, why are you doing multiple? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a trend, baby. It's a trend. I think she should have went first. <laughs> So, Alexis has a half-sister who's six years older than her. Love you, Rachel. And <laughs> and she actually would come and stay with us. And then Rachel would get home. And all I would hear is, Rachel said, but mommy, Rachel said. And it was like, Lexi, if you say Rachel says one more time, <laughs> me and Rachel and you going to have a problem. Uh-huh. But so she worshipped her Rachel. sister. Yes. And then she had a TV in her room because she's an only child and she mm-hmm. had everything from from when she was little. And Samson and Delilah were, had a show on, and it was going, and she would peek, and she knew she wasn't supposed to close the door because the minute the door was closed, I knew something was going on. Uh-huh. And Lexus had stuffed animals that oh. she had all on her bed, and uh-huh. I, I walked in the room, and Lexi's got her big old bear sitting in between her legs, and I'm know. like, Lexus, what are you doing? Alexis? Uh, Alexis? Probably around six, seven, eight, uh, somewhere in there. Uh, and so, Lexi, why are you turning red? She was touching the bear. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, the oh bear god. was the bear oh was licking something. I don't know. together and try to add things up together yeah. she was she was a good kid and all but she was inquisitive and she always <laughs> wanted to know and I think because she loved watching TV for so much she loves TV yeah. that she would she would take and her imagination would run with her but she would always ask me questions she was walking home from high school with all of her friends and they were talking about dildos and it was oh. like she comes home and she says mom what's a dildo and I'm thinking okay She's in high school, but she's really only 12. So how do I do this so that it makes sense Mm -hmm. to her? And at the same time, she asked me about a condom. And I was like, why are you asking me these questions? And she said, well, we were walking home and a girl pointed out something on the street and said that was a used condom. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to talk. We're going to have to have a conversation. I wanted to know what used meant. (laughs) (laughs) What was it? Used? I had to try to decide which conversation I'd rather have. Dildo or or condom. So I was like, I picked a condom. And I was like, okay, so men cover their body part with the condom and I got the condom and I opened up a packet and showed it to her and I said and then when when they when after the act then I put it under the water water faucet and I filled it up and she was like (laughs) 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 (laughs)
then she didn't want to know anything else. It was like, that's enough. I'm, I'm gone. I was like, okay, I got, got past that one. So, and then she talked about, she gave this one away on herself. She talked about that she couldn't leave Talladega unless I knew where she was going. And mm-hmm. she really was. There's one thing I would say about her. <laughs> I think that I tried to raise her so that we talked, we could communicate, and mm-hmm. I didn't try to hide things from mm-hmm. her. And so I remember when you when you called me on the phone and said, Mama, I got a, to- a tongue ring. Oh, and I was like, okay, wait, remember, let's press pause. You have to tell this story right, right? Okay. So it was like five of us freshman year that kicked it tough. And of course, Dion was one of the five. Mm-hmm. And so every one of them went and got a tongue piercing. Every one of them. I did. And <laughs> it's not there no more. <laughs> every one of them went and got a tongue piercing again. I just turned 17. Right. Yeah. And so they asked me while I was there at the tattoo shop, they was like, Lex, you gonna get one? And I was like, my mother would kill me like nah I'm straight but I was like and I'm gonna tell you yeah I'm a fake like I got one right and so I call my mom and like I'm trying to talk like my tongue is falling like nah listen listen I got my tongue my first I said you got a toe ring he was like no mama got a toe ring and I was like Alexis Nicole you know there was no FaceTime I am not going to have it. You, you are no good and well. She you was, are not going to she pierce was like, She was like, I know you don't got one. And I was like, I did my problem. Oh, she was no. like, then I'm going to take it out. I'm on my way. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, I'm just playing. Her older friends started yeah. laughing I'm in the background. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but she she did. And I always did. And we had rules like uh-huh. when she had her car here in Atlanta and her friends were still in Talladega. Mm-hmm. She's working at Barnes and Noble. <laughs> so she, she, she actually, and, and Lacey knows I'm crazy. Now, yeah. I'm going to go crazy because I done warned you. I done told you what the rules are. Do not leave the state of Georgia unless I know where you're going. These are, these are a lot of stories. I didn't though. say oh. that you couldn't leave the state. I said don't leave it without me knowing. Mm-hmm. So it always is interesting that I'll end up tripping into her, you know, little uh-huh. episodes. Uh-huh. So for what Love whatever intuition. reason, mm-hmm. I called her job looking for her for whatever I needed her to do. And they said, well, she's gone. And I'm like, where are, where are she? she was, was she at work? She said, oh, yeah, she worked in the morning. And I was like, oh, okay. So I called her phone and she wasn't answering. I was like, uh-huh. Like so you. about an hour or two later, I'm still trying to find an answer. I uh-huh. called Dion's phone. Uh-huh. Hi, Dion. Is Alexis with you? I can't lie. Uh, 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 yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I said, put her on the phone. I can't lie. Dion, said. You right, mama. I can't lie. Now, listen. This is the same girl freshman year that tried to fight me because I couldn't lie to somebody else, mom. I was a liar. Put her on the phone. Alexis Nicole, what are you doing in Talladega? Uh-huh. 
And she's humming and hawing. And she's like, well, you know, you need to get your butt back here because when you get back here, you moving out of that apartment uh -oh, and you coming uh -oh. back to the house because you know better than to leave the state without me knowing. So I hung up, went to, got on the phone with my sister uh -huh. and called her. And my sister said, is she on her way home? I said, no, she ain't on her way home because she's my child. She going to enjoy the weekend and she'll show up Sunday oh. evening. I'm going to be in trouble regardless. So, yeah. Oh. I just sure finish out my plan. Yeah. <laughs> Make it worth it. I do have a question. Y'all's first year, your freshman year mm -hmm. in Talladega, mm -hmm. how long had you all been on campus before you went to your first off-campus party? Uh, the first night? No. <laughs> no. You want me to be honest with them? I yeah. guess. The first night? No, it wasn't the first night. It was night. a while. It, it, after we became Kappa Diamonds. Oh, Lord. <coughs> I know, that's that's a chapter. Bad, bad chapter. That's a bad, 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 bad chapter in our freshman year. Yeah. But yeah. it was after that. It was after we, that. We went to A&M. Yeah, A&M was that. Dion, you didn't tell me about the party, did you? Why would I do that, mama? Oh, I, I told her, her mama where I was going. Yeah. <laughs> See, Dion's sister went to another college. Right. And all I kept thinking about was $21,825 a year for her to go to college. Ooh. And her first week there, she went to a party. She's talking about Nicole, not me. Right. So right. I woke up about 2 o'clock in the morning. I called her cell phone. I called her dorm room. I didn't get an answer. She, she had a party somewhere. So finally, she called me back. I said, Nicole, where are you? She said, I'm at a party. I said, where? She said, well, it's off campus. I said, are they drinking? She said, yeah, mom, but I'm not drinking. I said, Nicole, where, where, where are you? So she told me. So I got the phone. I called Montgomery County Sheriff Department. Oh, no. This is how you tell your parents where you're at. <laughs> never had that happen. I sent them to the, to the party mm. to break it up. So I wondered. Why Dion never told me she went to a party her first year? Told me don't tell you. <laughs> 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 that was the wrong. Well, so Lexi didn't have There's a still driver's more license. Stories. So okay. remember, she's six, yeah. seven, 16, 17 yeah. going yeah. to college. She turned seventeen her freshman year. Her freshman year, right? So she didn't have her driver's license, mm -hmm. and of course, the girls would go to the parties. They would be drinking. This non-legal child is the one the driving the car. Yes. Far away from drinking age to be so they they were good about not letting her drink, but they would let her drive illegal. Oh, <laughs> y'all was that's, see, uh, that's see you're, you're you're driving illegally. We're going up buying Dion eighty ninety dollars worth of grocery every week or two. And then all of a sudden, I kept seeing on uh, the computer all these tattoos and navel rings. I said, who is that body? Who person? What person is this getting all these tattoos? The money I'm giving her to survive off, she's getting tattoos. <laughs> I feel like if we don't stop this now, it's going to lead to another story from my mom. Yeah, and for everyone who don't know, Dion has over 80 tattoos. No, she does not have 80. If you got the universe on your body somewhere, you have over 80 well, tattoos. You know I, no, I, I never had a tattoo because I was scared of my mama. And so when Lexi got her first one, I was like, you better not let your grandparents see that thing. So she would walk around here when they were here with heavy shirts on, covering up a bag so that she wouldn't get a tattoo seen. And then one time it was so hot because they, they always liked the heater. Daddy would have the heater on the 80 and yeah. the fireplace going and she forgot she come downstairs with a t-shirt on and her uh -oh. grandmother saw it uh -oh. and then uh -oh. I get in trouble this was years later though. I, I get in trouble like, you I, get in trouble I get in trouble how you let her 
girl put a tattoo on her body. So, mom, as much as you hated tattoos, I did get my first one this year. <laughs> <laughs> so, and Lexi did. didn't fuss at you. She did. I'm the one she that, the one that um, told her to get it, and we get matching ones. My daughters, when I got my tattoo. Mama got her tattoo. Okay. But you kind of like out the blue got you yours. You just sent pictures. And, you, and it was like a hot the truck tattoo. tattoo. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so she had figured out grown. Yes. I had figured out grown. Okay. What goes on in Vegas stays in <laughs> Vegas. Uh, <laughs> Uh, email us at where's the lie where's with the s the, the lie, lie 19 at gmail share some of your stories with us we look forward to hearing from people especially new folks we don't know right and y'all have a happy mother's day right Bo say right yeah. good boy good boy and we'll talk to y'all next week say bye y'all be blessed bye. be blessed <laughs>